On this episode of The Playbook, I have Rob Deerdeck, former pro skateboarder and founder of Deerdeck Machine. Rob and I are going to discuss optimizing your life. And also he's gonna show you how he is the greatest student of the calendar ever created. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I am so excited because it's very rare I get to meet another ferocious Buddha. Uh, And I know that's a blend that I stole from the Psycho Bunny. I'm like, the great oxymorons that exist. Both of us Buckeyes from Ohio. Uh, from afar, we've both been fans of each other, which is a surprise to me. But Rob Deerdeck, he's an incredible entrepreneur, actor, producer, philanthropist, uh, of course, podcaster uh, with Build With Rob, TV show personality, reality show personality. But what you really are to me is a scientist. Mm. Uh, it's very rare that people can blend two things, and it's the truth with humankind. Mm-hmm and the legacy that we can create when we understand these different pragmatic blends with spiritual blends and come up with one formula of what I call happiness. And so I wanted to have you on the playbook because I want this playbook to be, we'll promote whatever you want. Everybody can watch Build With Rob. They can watch your TV shows and you know be a part of this. But I really would love for you to start delving into your formulas. Mm-hmm. You have a formula of not just success, but to happiness, fulfillment, passion, and purpose. And profitability seems to be a subset of all of those. When did that systematic journey, that blend of the scientist that you are, like me, mm-hmm. with this great force of energy, light, love, and lessons, this greater perspective that you have? When did that start? Uh, you know, look, in, in 2013, you know, I had gone through this crazy uh, financial opportunity where an investment bank group had offered to acquire 50% of everything I did for life and help turn me into a billionaire. And when they did the diligence on me, it was clear that I was a complete mess, right? And it went from like this life-changing moment to this great sort of moment of discovery that made me realize that not only did I not know business like I thought, but I just wasn't happy. And at the height of this now, think I had cartoon on Nickelodeon and two television shows on MTV and a professional skateboarding league on NBC or uh, ESPN and all these different deals world and records. all this stuff, world <laughs> records. And I'm flipping cars for Super Bowl commercials. Like I was at the peak um, of sort of adventurer, celebrity, reality star. But I I wasn't happy because I felt like I was being, I was going 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions, right? I was just pulled tight. And and I, I think from that point forward, I was like, I've got to decide, like, not what I'm going to do next, but how do I build a, a, and find happiness, right? And I read a business book at that time that was called Start at the End. And it was this idea that before you start a business, decide what you want the outcome to be. Do you want it to be $2 million and kick off $500,000 in profit for 20 years? Do you want to grow it to $20 million and sell it for four times revenue for 80 million? Like it, it completely changed my mind as it was related to planning. And then I thought to myself, well, why don't I do that with my life? 
right? And when I finally decided to be decide I like what my ideal life should be and began to get clarity on that and then began to create a pathway to that and then began to create systems on how to hit the milestones towards that pathway is really when everything things changed for me when I began to develop that process. And I went through that type of epiphany in 2008. Everybody in the world thinks you must be the happiest person in the world and you're unhappy, pulled in different directions because you don't know the what, the who, the how, the now, and the why. You probably do know your why, but you're not applying the why, I should say. But as you sat there, we're lost puppies, right? You read these books, Thinking Grow Rich, Wayne Dyer, whoever you're into, and it gives you a catalytic effect, but you still need people to help guide you along the way. When you kind of got your epiphany, your transformation, a quantum shift, I call it, mm-hmm. where did you reach out to to figure out the steps to take in order to effectuate what you thought was a new path? Well, the first thing I started looking for, because it started with business, because I think in that 360 deal, what I was the most sad about is I didn't understand business. I was a brand and marketing mind who uh, was a quote unquote entrepreneur because I'd started all these different companies. And I really wanted to start first with dissecting the entire functionality of a business and then systematize how I created business to make it more successful. And I hired a, a gentleman named Chris Smith from an Arrive Consulting Group out of Seattle. I had I had basically started doing all this research, looking for people to help me. Um, and he immediately flew down from Seattle and laid out like, hey, this is how I think you should think about it. Here's all these different rhythms of business and how everything works. Here's, here's what we should go through, a, a big immersion and understand who you are to, to decide what your path forward. Like the first time that I had really taken that approach and what I learned in developing it for business is what I then, as I was basically building my system for the Deer Deck machine, I began building my system for life at the same time. And these discoveries like rhythm of company, right? There's sort of these, this company, when you have a company, there's this cadence of things. It's weekly financials, it's you know bi-weekly CFO meetings, it's bi-weekly marketing meetings, whatever it is, there's sort of a rhythm to it. I realized like, wow, life's actually this crazy rhythm. It's holidays and birthdays and you go in on these days and you can actually build a, a life rhythm that you can begin to be much more consistent with and automate to begin to make life more effortless. That's where it really started for me. I designed it both from a business standpoint and a life and then have been optimizing it for five years, you know. And your optimization is incredible. You shared with me the actual AI, the systematic approach that you take that it forms your life into Excel sheets. Utilizing time is what I call the consistent or the dominant basis or factor in which you determine how you feel. It seems like, and I always say, you don't know something until you can simplify it. This is the yeah. process of optimization. I teach being a student of the calendar, you know, to study, to pay attention to, and give intention to the coincidences you wanted. And when I looked at your Excel sheet, like my heart was singing, my mind was singing. I had to pull over my daughter to look at a pragmatic proof of this philosophical uh, perspective that I try to empower my own children with. And looking at it, it wasn't complex, mm-hmm. but there's years of complexity in education and learning and dummy tax and experience that goes behind it. Would you mind sharing with everyone the simplicity of what you track and then why you track it? Well, well number one, it's simplicity on the far side of complexity. 
right? Because you got to go through it to make it simple, right? And, and, and I think mastery is part of simplicity. The more clear, the easier it is, the better it is to understand, the easier it is for you to execute, be consistent with, and ultimately get the results. And the results, the progression towards clear end goals drives both belief and energy. You know what I mean? Like when you're, don't matter, you can be as patient as can be if you are slowly moving towards where you wanna go. And so for me, I, I like both qualitative and quantitative, right? Where the qualitative is just how do I feel? Zero to 10 about my life, my work, my health, how Your motivated wife. it is. I ask my wife how she feels, right? Because right? right, right. I, wanna, I wanna have insight to how she's feeling so that I, I know every day where she's at um, from how she's feeling perspective. Because then, then that brings me awareness. I call it qualitative awareness. Because what happens if you begin to track zero to 10, how you feel about uh, these aspects of your life, you'll begin to see the same things that either drive you up or drive you down. And that gives you that qualitative awareness now that you can make change because how you feel is so hard to really ultimately get clarity on because there's so many inputs that drive how you feel usually, right? And through this system over time, I eventually cleared out almost all things that drove me to what I called half empty, right? Where, you know, because when you're half full, you don't care what happens in the world. You you know, like this and this, when you're half empty, you're like, why did I buy that car? Like, why do we even live in this house? Like the half empty. Why am I married? Why right? do I have kids? You like deep. you, and to me, like that, that half empty side of life, I eliminated completely through qualitative uh uh, asking myself every day on each of those, right? And so now, now I've gone a step further, right? So, okay, that's that's sort of this simple task. What could you do each day? Just ask yourself zero to 10. You'll begin to see, um, you'll, you'll see data that shows how happy you are. When I look at my numbers in 2015, how below five I was and how I was averaging like 12s and 14s in months. And now my goal for this year, between all three, it's a total of 30. So back then I was like 14s and 15s. And now, you know, last year for the entire year, I averaged 18.6, right? And are you more consistent than when you started? Because one of the things that set apart what I was looking at over anything else is I study things every day. Yeah. And it took me nine months to say thank you, for example, every single day without missing. Yeah. Were you are you more consistent than you were when you first started? Was there a lot of missed days? No doubt. Because yeah. think about it, right? It's you you it, it's like any other muscle. I started in 2015 and it's this beautiful, giant three month gaps of nothing. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, That's what it's I like, you know what I mean? It's like, and, and so even when you think about it from an extreme, it took me four years before I tracked a whole year. It took me four years. And then in so that year, right? So yeah, it's like, it's another thing. It's like, and you're not, it's, it's, it gets more exciting when you get more consistent and when you really, it gamifies your discipline over time, right? Because eventually, I just don't even think about it. I was able to then transition to where, yeah, I have a tight schedule as it relates to planning my calendar, but I still go back each day and fill in everything I did on that day because I'm also not controlled by my calendar. I'm controlled by my energy. So if I'm feeling like just my wife's down or I'm like feeling like like I've been going too hard, I'll clear the rest of the day and then go take my wife to the movies, right? And But I'll still track that I took that time and added it 
intract it from my wife, right? And so again, you grow into it, but its value is it gamifies your ability to see, to not only be more disciplined, but see its actual effect on your overall well-being, right? And that's what's made it so exciting. But again, what did I see on that qualitative side? That it was directly affected by if I drank, if I ate well, if I had good night's sleep, if I meditated, uh, if I got up early, all of these things would dictate that are now quantitative, right? Did you or did you not do it? So then what did I start doing? Started tracking that every day. And so last year, for the entire year between my core five, I averaged 57% for the year, right? And and that is as extreme discipline. I still average 50%. Now, what did I average through the first three months of the year? 97%, right? Because last year was the first year that I recorded it all. So I have now gamified my discipline. I said, I'm going to beat, uh, I'm going to have um, over 20 average qualitative score this year. And the only way I can do that is to keep my quantitative health balance above 80%. And that's what I committed to. And I'm on it now. I've gamified it. I, I Look, if I skip brain training, I'm like, okay, stop everything. I got to get my brain training in. Like, oh, I wasn't able to meditate first thing in the morning because I was running behind on shooting TV. First thing I do when I get home is meditate, right? Like, I, I you know, missed the gym. Oh, no, I got to get in there, right? It's like, because I'm now it made it this exciting, fun, gamified thing, it's, uh, it's made the discipline even better. And what has it done? made my quality of life, my purpose, my execution, my fulfillment, my excitement, my energy, everything with it is has compounded. That's the word. That ultimately just makes me happy. Yeah, you know, things compound on itself and looking at your life as one of the world's greatest skateboarders to producers, TV stars, et cetera, this idea of negative energy and positive energy aggregating upon itself, compounding, and I always say, that this compound interest works in the negative behavior's favor because what happens is when you do things positive, like you just have dictated by your systems, when you do things positive, you have expectations of seeing a result. Mm -hmm. The difference is when you do things negative, like drink, miss the gym, all these other things that we do that aggregate on themselves, well, we don't expect a negative result. We expect a continued positive result. And what happens is you have to put 90% of the effort in without seeing any results. And then we start able and are capable of seeing a result like where you're at right now with your systems here in 2021. You weren't seeing any results immediately, but you could see the numbers and quantify something that you were feeling, which was great. The two things I want to talk about that's so important for everyone is as disciplined and consistent that we are. And I will tell you that I have been blessed to be around the world's greatest billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers. They all have this as a common denominator, but you're the top of the optimists, you know, but yet you still have two things that are interesting. One, you always have an adaptable routine. Like as disciplined and consistent that you are, you have this idea that it's an adaptable routine and I'm going to have an adaptable system that allows me to go to the movies for four hours. Mm-hmm. Or you also have a weighted balance where other people that get into this disciplined, consistent, persistent behavior, they feel like I have to do this 25%, 25%, 25%, and you have work, family, and life, uh, or work, life, and health. health. But it's not 33, 33, and 33% of your day. Yeah, and look, think about this too. I've designed balance with purpose, right? I have my 
I have day Wednesday day breakfast with my wife. I have Thursday movie nights. I have Sunday uh, early dinners. We do uh, family Sunday morning. We do family meetings and Sunday afternoon. Like everything is, I've started with balanced design. I've designed, I have committed to, I will only execute anything outside of my family inside a certain time framework. It's not enough. Right, because you can't live. Life doesn't happen inside this perfect structure, right? Like it just doesn't. So you, yeah, and and so it's like it's like you have to. And guess what? I every single morning I send a, an email to my wife of every single thing I'm doing that day and what it means to me with a love quote. Right? I give her a coffee at six fifteen. At six thirty, she gets an email of everything I'm doing in that day. Uh, I as I've been optimizing our communication. Right. I have Tuesday night talk nights with just me and my wife. Thursday night, I have everything laid out. It's the foundation of balance, but life is is not set inside your calendar. Like at the end of the day, it's still how you're feeling, how everyone's feeling. If she's down, I know when. And the reason I have her just say, "How do you feel about our relationship?" Every day, zero to zero to 10 and I have her respond on the email I send her every morning so there's a, a data there's a track record of it she'll be like I wasn't that happy for that long I'm like yes you were <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? and so it's but it's like again these are all optimizing like the energy of my family of my time and my balance done with purpose but I still have to make everything deeply adaptive based off of how I'm feeling because it's like it's like because because think about it like it's not necessarily some sort of tragedy that'll suck the life out of you. It is It is one big decision, one thing out of nowhere that now you have to deal with that is still part of the joy of your life and your ambition and what you actually want to accomplish, but it's now taking so much energy from you to make a decision and or God in the worst worst way when you're waiting on something else, somebody else to decide something for you it's hard to like continue that that pursuit forward when you're waiting on somebody else's sort of answer or something to happen inside it so it's that that you're still this living amoeba but you've got to do your best to make sure your foundation is always set and then be agile around your foundation and because what 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 does happen is you know, I get up at 4.30 most days, right? And I started getting up at 4.30 instead of uh, 5 because that little extra half hour, boy, what did it give me so much, right? <laughs> you see and, the other half hour behind it, 4 to 4.30, trust me. Right, no, <laughs> no, no, there's a matter of time before I get there. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but we know as two guys that get up really early every single day, and look, it's seven days a week. It's not, uh, you. you know, Thank it's you. not seven a, I don't, I don't have like weekends. I spend more time with my family and a more balanced, less, less work on the weekends but I still um I, I don't ever want to break out of that rhythm you know it's like even what I showed you is the rhythm of existence right yeah. it's an operating manual to my life and it's my rhythm of my entire life and I've automated so much of it so that in those precious hours I have I get to just I get to do the things that give me energy right because at the it, rather than the stuff that you hate doing that you constantly got to get bogged down with um David just went off on into no man's land. There. Now it's good to with that rhythm though. It's yeah. important because what I also notice is your wife's feelings were uh, they were connected to what you were doing. So like if you weren't focused and consistent, the way she felt about your relationship went down as well. Yeah. And then we started talking about kids, 
And it's so interesting because I think that's the most, for people like you and I, people that optimize our lives to the maximum potential, I call it enjoying the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of your own potential. Well, that's our potential and those closest to us will be relative or connected to that potential. But here we have children that are in some respects the most connected to us, Mm -hmm. but in the other respect, they're the farthest from us because they're forced within our rhythm. Yeah. And they haven't evolved in the same way growing up in Akron, Ohio, or Kettering, Ohio, skating every day with nothing and just a dream. And here they wake up in a whole different situation uh, yeah. and a different energy. And how do you control the people and ideas around you, number one? And then finally, how are you going to be or deal with the fact that your children what we persist, will they will resist at first. Mm-hmm. And it takes time until they the light comes on and they get within the context of, whoa, maybe my dad does know something. Uh, but you have to be patient because I promise you one thing, there's nobody more resistant than a teenager. I tell my, my kids are amazing, <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this to the camera, but I will tell you, I don't know what people do with bad kids because I got great kids yeah. and it's hard, to, it's challenging. So for you, how do you control the people and ideas around you and then what are you gonna do with your children? Because you know you have to be around them, but it's gonna take time before they get you. Yeah, and look, I'm, you know, number one, it's it's communication and managing expectations, right? And consistency, right? I, I think you say it over and over and, and it's- And so and, do you, by the way. Yeah, and look, <laughs> you know, and- Go and, with me, listen to this podcast. <laughs> consistency will be the theme song. Yeah, and, and look, you gotta understand too, I've never not been to a doctor's appointment. I take my kids to school uh, three days a week and pick them up three days a week. I build my schedule. I wake them up every single morning. I build my schedule around being around my children, right? And my family and everything with purpose. So. And and then it's just, you know, I have this extraordinary, beautiful, amazing relationship with my wife. So our house is filled with the energy of love and, you know, they see us always. always, Right. And and to me, I know how lucky it's that great, extraordinary, peaceful, amazing love is that that intangible magic side that that's inexplainable that is is something i i treat it as the most precious thing that i have and then our children see that and they live in love you know and they live in in and that'll gross them out later on in life right it, it's it's already starting to it's, years. look you know we had <laughs> our and i kissed my wife and they can't stand it look we, we just <laughs> did our our five-year anniversary and every year we're doing like a full wedding for our every five years right and we did a full crazy wedding and you know our kids were in it now and, and it's like you know he's like well why do you love mama so much you know it's because she's <laughs> incredible you know and it's like they just feel that love and and the reality of it is is I don't want to push philosophy I, I because I believe, you know, outside of the only real philosophy I push, I have a, a kinesiologist come and manage my children's biomechanics since they were six weeks old. Uh, I think the relationship between your muscular structure and your skeletal structure is basically the key to your entire internal functionality and, and your happiness and well-being of your entire body. Flawless biomechanics will take you so far in life. So I focus on their biomechanics and then all I want if you want to do something, that's it. I don't care what it is. 
All you, every single thing you'll ever want to do in life, you decide what it is and there's about four or five steps it'll take to get there. And make sure the first one you absolutely believe you're going to get to because you got to get to the first one before you ever get to the next one. And if you make it to the first one, you'll begin to develop self-belief that you're going to actually get to the end. And then as you go through your milestones, then the energy starts. Now you'll be more committed and have more ambition to achieve it because now you know it's going to happen, right? And so I don't care if you want to be a lawyer I don't care if you want to be a skateboarder. I don't care if you want to be an actor. I don't care. Whatever you choose to do, um, I as long as you grow up with that discipline of knowing you got to decide what you want and figure out the steps to get there and just master that, you'll master life. Because if you apply that to every single thing that you do, you will then have complete clarity. Because what did I do? It's complex, but I did that to my whole life. Here's every aspect of life of what I want my ideal life to look like. And then I built a plan for all of it. And I'm five years, I thought it would take, you know, 15 or 20 years to do. And in year five, I'm like 75% of the way, right? And it feels like I won the lottery a thousand times over, you know, know and and that's the, the, the pursuit that I would like them to get as second nature because that will always lead to, to personal fulfillment and achievement, you know. Without a doubt, man, you get it. You're playing chess and most people are playing checkers. As I said earlier, when I first met you, I am blown away. Very rarely do I wish my podcast was longer because I think 20 minutes is always enough to stimulate interest and learn a few lessons. Hopefully people will go back and listen and write some of these things down uh, and access the information you gave them because you are a scientist, you're a ferocious Buddha. The best part about you is you're sincerely happy and fulfilled, which is very rare, uh, especially up here in Hollywood and Beverly Hills, right? It's it's awesome, man. And, uh, (laughs) I will tell you, it's nice to meet a ferocious Buddha like yourself. I'm sure we'll do much more together.